0: Chapter 11 Of The Call of the Wildflower by Henry S. Salt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 11 Quaintness and Flowers. Throw hither all your quaint enameled eyes. Milton. I spoke just now of a love of the quaint. Quaintness though it may exist apart from beauty is often associated with it and unlike grotesqueness has a pleasurable interest for the spectator in flowers it is usually suggested by some abnormality of shape as in the snapdragon less frequently as in the fritillary by a singular effect of colouring perhaps it is to the orchis group that one would most confidently apply the word for they arrest attention not so much by their beauty as by their strangeness one of them indeed the dwarf orchis is undeniably beautiful while another the bird's nest is as ugly as a broom-rape the others if one try to find a comprehensive epithet might fairly be described as quaint this quality in the orchids is not due solely to the odd likeness which some of them present to certain insects for as far as british species are concerned the similarity with a few exceptions is somewhat fanciful if it be granted that the fly the bee, and the spider orchis are justly named though even in these the resemblance is not always recognized when pointed out it is no less true that one looks in vain for the semblance of a butterfly or of a frog in the plants that are so entitled and takes some ingenuity to discover the man in aceris anthropophora or the egg in the white hellebarine but there is a charming quaintness in nearly all members of the family owing largely to the peculiar structure of the lower lip of the corolla or the unusual length of the spur. The very name of the snapdragon is a proof of its hold upon the imagination. What mediaeval romance and unfailing charm for children and for adults is conveyed in the word! The plant is at its best when clad in royal hue of purple. The white robe also has its glory. But the intermediate forms, striped and mottled, that are so fancied in gardens are degenerates from a noble type. Seen on the walls of some ancient ruin the snapdragon is a wonder and a delight it is to be regretted that its place is now so often usurped by the red valerian in comparison a mere upstart and pretender the lesser snapdragon or calf snout with the toad flaxes and fluellans shares in the characteristic quaintness of its tribe i will next instance the perfoliates plants not confined to any one order but alike in having a stem which passes midway through the leaf or pair of leaves most engaging curiosity of structure. It is by this peculiarity that the yellow wort, a gentian with glaucous foliage and blossoms, like pattens of bright gold, mainly wins its popularity. But the quaintest of perfoliates is the hare's ear, or thorough wax, as it used to be called, of which, as Gerard wrote, every branch grows thorough every leaf, make them like hollow cups or saucers the Thorowax owes its attractiveness to the singular glaucous leaves which might be compared with an artist's palette in some measure also to the sharp-pointed bracts by which the minute yellow flowers are unfolded features that lend it a distinction which many much more beautiful plants do not possess from no catalogue of quaint plants could the butterwort be omitted mountain sanicle was its old name and all climbers are acquainted with it as it studs the wet rocks on the lower hillsides with pale green or yellowish leaves like starfish on a seashore. Its flowering season is short, but full of interest for low. From its center, there rise in June one or two long and dainty stems, each bearing at its extremity a drooping purple flower that might at first glance be taken for a violet, a violet springing from a starfish. It is a long step from these conspicuous examples of the quaint, to the small and modest Moshetel, a hedge-flower, which is likely to go unobserved unless it be made a special object of inquiry. adoxa, the unknown to fame, is its Greek title, but it has little claim to beauty in the ordinary sense. There is no slight charm in its delicate configuration, and in the whimsical arrangement of its five slender flower-heads, the terminal one, facing upwards, supported by four lateral ones, with a resemblance to the faces of a clock once it's not an appropriate nickname the clock tower a fairy-like little belfry it is whose chimes must be listened for if at all in the early spring for it hastens to get its flowering finished before it is overgrown by the rank herbage of the roadside there are many other flowers that might claim a place in this chapter such as the sundews and the bladder warts, the mimulus and ground pine the samphire and sea rocket the melon and teasel and not least the herb paris with a large quadruple love-knot into which its leaves are fashioned but it must be suffice to speak of one more the fritillary which shall close the list is quaint to the point of being bizarre its various names bear witness to the freakishness of its apparel guinea flower turkey hen checkered lily snake's head and so forth It was aptly described by Gerard as, checkered most strangely, surpassing the curiousest painting that art can set down. In addition to this gorgeous coloring, the bell-like shape and heavy poise of its flower heads contribute to the striking effect. From Gerard to W. H. Hudson, who has portrayed it very beautifully in his Book of a Naturalist, the fritillary has been fortunate in its chroniclers and its name which it shares with a handsome family of butterflies it can hardly be said to have been fortunate for apart from the consideration that it is no great honour to a fine insect or flower to be likened to that instrument of human folly a dice-box fritalis there is the practical difficulty of pronouncing the word as the dictionaries tell us it must be pronounced with the accent on the first syllable and not the dictionaries only but the poet's As in Arnold's oft quoted but very cacophonous line, I know what white, what purple fritillaries. Why must so quaintly charming a flower be so barbarously named that one's jaw is well nigh cracked in articulating it? End of chapter 11.